Welcome to the Alpha Dude Podcast with Michael Pulser. What would it be like if you knew that you were unstoppable and you could live life on your terms? Better yet, how good would it feel knowing that on your deathbed, you had fulfilled all your potential and more? Life on Earth has a beginning and an end. It's what you do in the middle that counts. Let's look at how to make that part even better. I feel that it's my moral duty to inform you about the self-help scam that's out there. You see, I come from a small cohort background called the Xennials. This essentially is the generation that happens just between Generation X and the Millennial cohorts. Generation X is essentially those who were born from the 60s to the early 80s and Millennials from the early 80s all the way through to the mid-90s. And of course, you Gen Z starting your late 90s. The term Xennial came up because this particular generation had a unique pattern where they had what they call an analog childhood and a digital adulthood. Because as we all know, technology largely influences generations. And I think this brings a unique perspective because you get the boomers or the Generation X people, and we all know that largely, and this is a gross generalization, they're out of touch with modern technologies, memes, culture, all of that sort of thing. And then you get the Generation Zs, the Generation Alpha, they're calling it, even the millennials. And this generation is totally digital. They're brought up on computers, iPads, devices, and they kind of lack the old school knowledge. So coming from the situation where you're raised, where there's basically no computers, it's all books, you want to find something out, you have to go to the library just like the old guys. But then you get to your teens and suddenly you've got computers in front of you. So you're learning and adapting at the same time. It brings that really unique perspective. And from that vantage point, I've been able to study how psychology, self-help, personal growth and other disciplines all change over time. Back when there was no Kindle stores where anybody could just become an author, when there was no podcast. Anybody could just talk on the radio. There was a very strict process to getting published or being a vocal voice in the community. This meant that the marketplace of ideas was a little more limited than what it is today. But that being said, with the less information out there, it was up to the individual to study the information that was available. And I mean study because if you wanted to learn about something rather than listen to a podcast that says, hey, read 50 books in a year and it'll make you smarter, you would actually be reading those books because it's kind of necessary if you wanted to grow. You can't watch a summary on YouTube that takes two minutes and then go through 50 other videos in the, in the morning. And those of us who became avid readers got to really discern what was going on as far as publishing houses were concerned. Generally, I'd say that the quality was really good because it had to be that standard to actually get published. But at the same time, again, there was limitations to the amount of information that was put there. There was some standards and concepts that was repeated over time. And there were other voices that were quietened down. And once you realize that, you could then do even further research and get a bit of a view about what else is out. But one of my favorite things was that you would have an author and they would have one key piece work that they would get out there. And it'd have this new concept that they would popularize or invent, and it would be 
a little bit of a game changer. It'd be a new concept. Everyone would get excited. You'd learn about it. It would be unique. And that would be the author's contribution. Sure, they'd get some sort of publishing contract and pop out another 50 books. But everybody knew their key work was the sentinel work that you had to focus on. And the other stuff was on the peripheries. Maybe there was a bit of good information. But a lot of that was just repeated stuff. Now, if you contrast that to the publishers of today, it's all about putting information out there. In fact, it struck me as being really funny when people started talking about content creating because content in the term of a Generation X or a Xennial is the concept of just putting information out there basically for the sake of it. It's like food production. The sole purpose is just to pop out as much food as possible to feed the hungry masses. And when it comes to self-help, self-help is incredibly guilty of this because the markets are set up that you would have to put out quite a lot of information in order to get the YouTube views, in order to get the publishing contract, in order to get famous, whatever it is, you'd have to keep churning out that information. Now, if you think about it, over time, the information will become incredibly repetitive. People start stealing ideas from other people until when you listen to one show or a podcast or read a book, chances are you've read the same book a hundred times before. So then in fact, the content becomes secondary and it becomes about the person promoting themselves. You get the Tony Robbins that emerge. You get these strong presenters and they're incredible. They've really taken on the self-help tips and applied it to their natural attributes and derived this amazing persona that attracts people. But unfortunately, some people just don't recognize that what these people are selling is not something that will help them. They're selling an experience to be with that person, kind of like an entertainer. As I mentioned in one of my past podcasts, when I met Tony Robbins, it was a real letdown. Look, the rumors are true. He is a fantastic presenter. He's got a lot of energy and he spends all the time doing his seminars. But at the same time, his seminars are about 50% about sales, selling further upgrade, upselling products, all of these sort of things. And it's kind of like he's lost his way. When I read his book, Unlimited Power, years ago, decades ago, I was like, this stuff is awesome. And I was so pumped when I could finally meet him. And when I did, I was like, wow, I think I actually got nothing new from the course because the material has just been out there for so long. And that's the case of the good. Then you get the bad and the ugly. I've been to other famous presenters and many of those have gone bankrupt. Some of those have been caught up in all of these weird legal allegations and battles which you wouldn't even want to talk about. And then you'd get these popular show producers or YouTubers and they'd reach a degree of fame and then they'd come back a couple of years later and say, sorry guys, I've been gone, I got addicted to gambling, or I went through a divorce, I've been through all these problems. And sure, life happens as we've talked about in the past. But when you have these thought leaders, these people who are teaching you how to live your life, giving you tips on how to really be exceptional, and it comes from somebody who's not exceptional, surely there's a degree of cognitive dissonance that comes from that. Of course, a very fair question comes up next. What about you, Michael? You're giving a talk to us right now and you're criticizing a lot of the personal development community. Well, that's why my approach 
I think is different because if you listen to my podcast, I will research topics, but not just like go through some Google reviews. I'll dive into that background of reading those thousand plus books, working with thousands of people, reference the countless courses and other things I've done, and then see what the results were for clients in the past, as well as to make sure that I'm on track. Because if I'm not on track, then why would I be giving you guys advice? It's kind of like those marriage therapists. A huge proportion, particularly the famous ones, have all been through divorce. And many of them go through divorces while they're practicing in their career. But not only that, Personal Upgrade has two other components that stands it apart from most style systems and presenters out there. The first one is that it has an approach that is largely unique. After going through those thousands of books, I told myself, look, I would love to become some thought leader, but the fact is I sat down and realized that if I was to contribute, I'd just be rehashing because you can only read so much before you realize that most of it is repetition. So when you study Personal Upgrade, you notice that it's got unique concepts and parts to it that you just don't find in other systems. And I know that because I've been to the courses, read that thousand plus books, spent too much time on YouTube researching this stuff, as well as podcasts and every other medium that's out there. But being unique doesn't make it better. So you have to evaluate things for yourself. So that's why I'm a huge advocate on this show, as well as every area of my life, as being totally discerning. And the best way I know how to be discerning is by utilizing logic. And I've talked about that in previous episodes, but I'm such a fan of that that I've actually dedicated an entire podcast to this called Testimony of an NPC. Now, sure, it has my faith and spiritual components to it that I usually keep separate from this show, but it's also heavy in logic. And once you really go to that level where you can use logic, analyze everything, then you can realize when people talk, a lot of the time they're just using rhetoric or they're not really using logic. And that means that they're giving you platitudes that make you feel good but has no substance behind it. And it's only when you can logically discern it, then you can evaluate things for yourself. So what is the key takeaway? Essentially, I label this episode self-help scams because there are so much out there. If somebody is offering a product that can change your life in a million ways, chances are you could find it on a Google search. If there is a $1,000 course, that's going to change the way that you think about things, chances are if you were prepared to put in the same amount of time in the library researching it, then spending the time in the course, you probably save all that money and probably learn a lot more. But look, I agree that there is a time and a place for everything. So if you're more of an experienced, extroverted type learner, then chances are you probably need to have some of that external interactions. But if you're more of an introvert, logical, and a deep thinker, you can probably get there on your own. But in either case, once you've got the information, it's absolutely useless until you apply it. So if you're listening to this and you're a millennial, a Gen Z, a Gen Alpha, or you just don't read books, what I'd suggest is that you go and get a good book. Of course, I'd love it to be mine, but just check out one of the really good, famous old school books, like the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Stephen Covey. If you read that and apply it, see how it changes your life. And then contrast that to spending an hour on YouTube 
and looking at all the self-help summaries. Then tell me which one has had more impact on your life. I remember in the past as an Xennial that information was massively important. It was so venerated that everybody wanted it. There was just a paucity of information. Everybody heard about different concepts but didn't really know about it. And that's why we had this saying that knowledge is power. But we all know that we've gone past that because with a Google search, with a library card, you can find out basically anything you need to know and you can learn it for free. So the information and knowledge is no longer such a factor. It's more about the bread and circus, the appeasing the masses, letting people be entertained while they think that they're learning something useful. But the fact remains that the self-help world is full of creators that are just trying to be interesting, churn out as much content as they possibly can to reach the algorithms and not necessarily change lives in the way that they used to. That's why the focus of this podcast has always been to remain in the underground. We've been here since 2008 with an audience that seeks us out rather than me doing any promotion. And once I had this big list of ideas that I wanted to communicate, which I had a unique take on, I started to realize that at the end of the list, adding onto that would just be wasting time, would be content creating, and would be essentially wasting your time. That's why we drop down to two episodes a month. And in the future, the episodes might decrease even more because I never want you to walk away with an episode and say, wow, I didn't learn anything or wow, that was just interesting and get nothing meaningful out of it. Like in the old days, you'd have the beginning podcasters and they would have shows like some NLP show or something like that. And you'd listen to it and the guy would be talking for ages and not actually give you any NLP tools or techniques during the whole show. Or he would give you such a basic one that people would already know it without even studying any NLP. And then, of course, so the rest of the show would be about some self-promotion or some upsell. There's only two products that I sell and they're books that just expand on both of my podcasts. If you'd like more information about it, you're welcome to get it, but it's not something that I live and die by. In fact, every single cent I get from it usually just goes back to the podcast or further research. But my takeaway message is this. Number one, be discerning. If you can, it helps to do some research on the person that is talking to you. And so there's a bit about me online. If you'd like to look it up, you're welcome to. And number two is if you are learning anything, make sure that you spend some time learning logic, reason, and start to discern the material that's put in front of you. Realize that when you click on some clickbait title and it's giving you information, chances are that it's either highly repetitive, probably ineffective, or maybe it's just rhetoric and entertainment. And it's only if you're discerning and have that logic ready that you can actually work that one out. So that's my podcast rant for the day. I'll be back with more quote unquote content on the next episode. I'll see you then. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If so, rate it from the place you downloaded it. For any questions, send an email to michaelpulser at gmail.com.